You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, July 14th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. All right, we've done a lot of talking about Sonny Styles and C.J. Hicks throughout the offseason, and rightfully so, might I say. I want to take a look at some of the other uh, second-year guys, um, and if any of these guys might be headed for a breakout season. Um, obviously, all of them are not headed for a breakout season, but um, let's start with the offensive lineman, Carson Hinsman at center. And then Tegra Shabola, either at tackle or guard, we'll see. Justin Fry is calling him special. What do you expect out of Hensman and Shabola this year, Jay Book? Yeah, Carson Hensman, I think that's going to be your starting center, Dave. I think he has the potential to be really good. You look at him coming from that Wisconsin pedigree as an offensive lineman, highly regardless coming into this class. I think he, and Dave, you can attest to this, he has he performed well enough in the spring to carry that over to the fall as probably your first team center is going to take uh, some guys to play at a Vic Cutler. Some of those guys that play at a high level uh, to, to pass him up. I know that they can move Matt over there to the, to the center spot. I think Hensman's going to be your starting center. Then you mentioned Tegra. I thought it was fascinating that Justin Fry said he has the potential to be really special or he is special. Those are, those are words that, Position coaches really don't throw around towards guys if they didn't think that they can play at a high level. Uh, so I was fascinated that he he said that. What did you think about him mentioning Tegra in that light? I was a little surprised. And, you know, that happened you know, a few weeks ago. I was going back. I did the story. I was going back looking at the quotes. And Fry talked to us for about a half hour. And I think that almost got lost in the shuffle because it was nor- near the end of a very long conversation. I mean, as you know, when you usually get to talk to the coaches, it's maybe like 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, that was more of just a relaxed setting. It was right after spring and uh, we were up there like where the, the players eat. And I didn't realize Fry had said that because um, he had talked about Tegra earlier in the interview. And then he was like, yeah, he, he especially can do things that you just can't teach. Um, no doubt he's still raw and everything. And uh, But man, that was a great experience for him in the spring. I mean, you go against that defensive line, you're going to have your rough days, but you have to go through that. As we all know, he didn't even enroll till June last year. This is his first time going through spring. He's out there mm-hmm. trying to block JT Tumalau and Jack Sawyer and Kenyatta Jackson. Another guy we're going to get to in a moment, Kenyatta Jackson. Um, right. Yeah, well said, man. I think, you know, I think Tegra, I think we should temper our expectations for maybe this year. I don't expect a breakout year this year. Hensman, I, I agree. You know, starting center, I think he's going to su- maybe surprise some folks as uh, 
as well as he plays as a redshirt freshman. But yeah, with Shabol, I'm kind of on a wait and see mode. Yeah, and I will say this, Dave, if you if you look back you know, past the last 10 to 15 years, the starting center at Ohio State has had high accolades. You know, you go you go down a list of guys that's been the starting center, and a lot of those guys have been All-Americans, all Big Ten uh, caliber type of players. So it, it, it's kind of an odd thing because if you're the starting center at Ohio State and you play at a decent level, there's a very good chance you're going to make some type of publications list or all Big Ten second or third team. So I think that if Carson Hensman can go in there, play at a high level, which I think is really going to benefit him a lot, Dave, playing alongside two veterans who have a lot of minutes under their belt of playing at a high level. So they're going to be able to really help him thrive at that position. All right, let's talk second-year DNs. I love this group, especially the first two. Kenyatta Jackson, Caden Curry, then Amari Abor as well. Any breakout candidates there? I, I have a feeling you're going to say yes. <laughs> Definitely going to say yes on, on both of those guys. I think, uh, you know, when you look at, at Kenyatta Jackson, Dave, he's, he's a guy that really has the opportunity to be special. I think that with his ability to really bend that art, his flexibility, something that he brings to the table that are not a lot of those other defensive ends have, that's something that you can't teach. It was a matter of getting him stronger in the weight room, um, getting him more adapt to the college game from everything that we've seen on social media, his posts and the coaches, he's really hammered home getting stronger. So he's a lot bigger and you kind of have the opposite. And Caden Curry, here's a guy that he felt that the coaches, the coaching strength and conditioning staff put on a little too much weight. So he's dropped weight because he felt like he lost a little step in his explosiveness. If he's feeling like he's back being a little bit lighter on his feet, he's a guy that maybe doesn't get mentioned with the names of Amari Abar and Kenyatta Jackson, but I think Caden Curry could play. Um, you know, if there was any other team in the Big Ten, I would have no doubt in my mind that Caden Curry could push for a starting position at defensive end. I think he has the potential to really get in there, do some damage. Um, he's strong as an ox. His game is a little bit more polished than Kenyatta Jackson, but they're two totally different players, Dave, but they both bring something to the table that can really help this football team. I love it. I love it. All right, where are we going to go next? Let's go with running back, the one second-year running back, Dallin Hayden. Does that, does that even count? Last year was kind of his breakout year. We all thought he was going to redshirt. He ends up having like a, a good true freshman season. I, I mean, if they stay healthy, unlike last year, I mean, man, they've got five good running backs. Um, I know you're pretty high on Dallin. Um, <laughs> could this be a breakout year for the young man? You know, I, I, we, we mentioned him. Uh, I think about our, our topic that we did several weeks ago where we ranked him. And I had Dallin Hayden as the best back. I thought when all said and done, I think he has the potential to be special. His vision is elite. His ability to make people miss in the hole. His patience to set up his block. And when he hit it, he hits it like a freight train once he sees it opening up instead of dancing around. So I, I think that I don't know if he's going to have a breakout this year, Dave, if I'm being honest, because with all five running backs healthy, there's only so many carries that's going to be able to go around. I, I truly believe that Henderson's going to have a bounce back here. I think Travion Henderson's going to have a chip on his shoulder. There's a lot of people that doubted him uh, this past year because of that foot and his ability to 
uh, not really hit it when it was there. And he mentioned this offseason that he had thoughts of would he re-injure his foot if he really planted and go. Something that you didn't see from Dallin. Dallin saw it and he hit it. Uh, but I think he's a star in the making. We're very fortunate that he didn't enter the transfer portal because I know some SEC teams was trying to pluck him away from Ohio State and he wanted to stay here. He got a lot bigger in the offseason. I think he's going to be a guy that makes the most of his carries, Dave. He may not be a 15, 17 touch type of guy, but if he can get his four to five, six touches a game when the moment calls for it, I have no doubt in my mind that he would make it happen. All right, let's go. Uh, let's talk about some DBs, something you know very well. Let's talk. Let's start with safety Kai Stokes. I like this kid. They've got a ton of depth at safety. Um, so he, he was ran, running with the, the, the twos all of spring, but I really like Kai Stokes. I don't know if it's going to be a breakout year for him. What, what are your thoughts? I'm skeptical about him being the breakout. I think there's a lot of depth in front of him, Dave. I will say this. I think Kai Stokes is probably your most athletic center field safety, meaning that a guy that's going to be able to cover a lot of ground from hash mark to hash marks. I think he's special in, the, in that regard. But you're looking at a situation where you have a lot of bodies that are in front of him. I would say that if he goes into camp, the play is out of his mind, and he starts to move up that depth chart and starts to get first-team reps, at that point, I would say this kid is poised for greatness. He's poised to have an excellent season. Uh, but we'll see. Ohio State has a tendency to play the veterans. You have to play at an exceptional amount if you're a younger guy to supersede some of those veterans that have played a lot of minutes in college football. So that's why I say I'm going to temper my expectations when it, when it comes to Kai Stokes. Next year, though, Dave, look out for him. Uh, it, it, may, it might be a battle to keep him in the program. I'll tell you what, uh, keeping a Florida kid on the pine for, for two and a half years, that right there is going to be a task itself to keep this kid happy. But if he decides to stay within the program, with his ability to cover from hash mark to hash mark, he's going to be a ball player. We keep bouncing around here. We have a uh, request on YouTube to talk about Gabe Powers. Any chance he moves down to defensive end? Seems like he could play D end or linebacker with his size. Um, I think he's going to stay at linebacker. We'll get J Book's thoughts on that. Your thoughts on it? Do you think uh, Gabe Powers is going to stay at linebacker? He was repping with the twos at middle linebacker this spring with Tommy being out and with. Uh, Cody Simon repping with the ones and Gabe Powers, you know, was pretty skinny last year when he came in for a linebacker, for an Ohio State linebacker. Now he's up to 230 pounds, looks pretty solid. I think he'll stay at linebacker. I don't think he's going to have a breakout year this year as a second year player, redshirt freshman. Mr. Booker, your thoughts on Gabe Powers? I like Gabe. I like his game. Uh, the way Ohio State utilized their linebackers uh, with two on the field. Right now, we, we're, we're fighting and calling as fans to try to get C.J. Hicks on the field because we think he could be a potential uh, difference maker. Jim Knowles, uh, as we saw it last year, he didn't, he didn't take Tommy and Steele off the field. And I think that was a detriment to Gabe Powers and CJ Hicks development. I mean, when you're up 40, 30 against Iowa, against some of these scrubs, they were up, you know, 30 plus points against six different opponents. And you still had Tommy out there with broken fingers, getting reps instead of getting these younger guys uh, some opportunities to get their feet wet. I think that was a mistake by Jim Knowles last year. I don't think he did those guys any uh, developmental service by not getting them some game reps. 
So when it comes to Gabe, you know, Dave, think about Baron Browning and his size, and you look at Gabe Powers and his size. Down the line, could he be one of those combo type of linebackers? Because we never utilized Baron Browning right in this program. Now that you have Jim Knowles here with that uh, opportunity to have kind of that hybrid linebacker, I could see Gabe Powers growing into that because I don't think his body's going to stop growing. He may be as a junior. 235, 240 type of linebacker. What is he, Dave? About 6'3", 6'4", something? Four. Yeah, and they they do a pretty good job at Ohio State, as we all know, because a lot of times, as we know, official rosters can be exaggerated in all sports. Um, but a lot of times, Ohio State's guys, whatever they're listed at on the official roster is basically what they measure at at the NFL Combine. So, right. yeah, so Powers is listed at 6'4", and he is – he absolutely is 6'4". Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess there is a chance he could move to DN. I'll, I'll say he's going to stay at linebacker, but yeah, uh, yeah, I don't go ahead. Yeah, I don't think he'll be a DN, but when you look at that monster size as a linebacker, a 6'4, 230, 235, 240 linebacker, I think there are opportunities for him to play more of a hybrid role instead of having him, you know, kind of being an off ball linebacker, which you see a lot of times in the Jim Noah system. I think him being able to get after the quarterback is still playing a linebacker would definitely benefit him as far as his body size because I just keep going back. If we would have utilized Baron Browning correctly, he would have been an absolute monster in the Big Ten. I think there's an opportunity to use Gabe Powers in that way that we thought that Browning should have been used. I was watching the NFL. I can't remember which Broncos game it was, but I was watching a Broncos game last year, and Baron Browning absolutely took it over. And I was equal parts happy for yeah, you know right. as for Barron and thinking, what the hell? Why didn't why didn't Ohio State use him like this? He's in his second year in the NFL and he's just dominating a game in the NFL. It's like, yeah. man, that completely miscast as a Mike at uh, <laughs> you see you you see you see it all the time, Dave. Guys um, that are better in the pros because they didn't get that development, they didn't get properly utilized in the college. And then they go to the NFL, and those guys are able to unlock what those guys should have been utilized at at the college level. And that's a prime example of Baron Browning. I mean, the way he's dominated, the way he has spurts of dominating the NFL day, he should have been an All American here. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, and it wasn't like he was some guy that had some talent, but they weren't. I mean, he came out as the number one linebacker in the country, the no, a five-star kid out of Texas. It wasn't like he was like some unknown or something like that. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a head-scratcher that they misused him like that. It reminds me of, like you say, a guy that um, was supremely talented that even has a, was better in the NFL than Ohio State. I always think of Mike Thomas. Michael yeah. Thomas, even though they won a national – they don't win that national championship without Michael Thomas. Um, still had a very good Ohio State career, but – then he goes has like the best start to an NFL career ever by any wide receiver his first four years with the Saints. So yeah, it's here, uh, here, here's another one for you, Dave. Big Hank. Who would have knew if you look at Jonathan Hankins, Big Hank, that he would be in the NFL still? What is this? His tenth, eleventh year? Um, some going on those lines. I mean, he was there when Trestle was there. He was a Trestle recruit, three star coming out of out of Michigan. Big Hank. He was nice for Ohio State, but I would have never guessed that Big Hank would have been in the, in the NFL for this long, <laughs> making a, a ridiculous amount of money. But good for him. I love Big Hank, man. He has the distinction of playing for Trestle, Fickle, and for Urban Meyer, I believe. So I think, yeah, he was on that undefeated 2012 team. I think that was his last year. John Simon, another one. Um, 
Big Hank, yeah, he was a he was a very good player at Ohio State. But yeah, I did not expect him to be in the league this long. Good for him. He was always a cool guy too to talk to. A uh, guy we stole from the state of Michigan. All right, we had a request. I was going to get to the corners anyway. Um, but we had a request from Chad. Wants to know Jay Book's thoughts on Jair Brown. Yeah, another second year corner. I really like Jair Brown. Chad says he's a big fan of Jair Brown. He thinks he deserves to play nickel this year. He wants to know Jay Book's thinks about him. Um, yeah, we'll get into Ryan Turner in a moment, another second-year corner who can play the slot. Um, they also have Jihad Carter for the transfer from Syracuse is going to be in the slot. I like Jair Brown, whether it's outside or in the slot. What do you think about Jair Brown, Jay Book? I like Jair. Uh, I think Jair brings a toughness to the secondary. He's a guy that has no back down to him. Uh, I thought whenever he got in the game last year, he fought and he scratched like heck, and I thought he was productive. I don't know about deserving. Um, he needs to be able to go in there and compete and beat somebody out. When you look at when you look at uh, the guys that they're bringing in, he's going to have some competition because I'm bullish on Denzel Burke. Dave, we've talked about it all offseason. I think Denzel Burke is going to have a bounce back here. Um, I've been seeing clips of Jordan Hancock working on his technique this summer. He's somewhere uh, at a private training facility trying to get himself together. And if Jordan Hancock's going to have a bounce back here, that right there is going to give um, Davidson Igbenosa the opportunity to move into the slot with his bigger size because Davidson's going to play one way or the other. If it's on the outside, if it's on the inside, regardless, he's going to be there. So then you look at your fourth quarter. I think Jair Brown's going to be that guy, uh, younger guy. Now the time might not might not be now for him this year, but when you got guys that are ahead of him that are veterans that are most likely headed to the NFL in Denzel Burke. That's going to be an opportunity probably coming next year uh, for Jair to get in there. But I will say this, Dave, and I'm going to continue to pound the drum all season. When you're up by 20, you're up by 30 in the fourth quarter, get those younger guys in there and get them some reps so that they can continue to develop. So if you're up big, get those guys like Brian Turner and Jair Brown in the game to get some live game reps because if you're up, you know, by by two scores, three scores up against some scrubs in the fourth quarter, what are they going to do? They're going to throw the ball 95% of the time to try to get back into the game. So that's a perfect opportunity for those younger guys to get some live reps. Yeah, and I, I'm with you, man. Very well said. I think Jair Brown, you know, could be a breakout player this year if needed. I'm going to say he won't be just because of the guys ahead of him. Denzel Burke, Igbenosin, as you mentioned, Hancock. But then Brown's right there is at number four. So if there's injuries, guys aren't performing, he could be right in there. I mean, as you mentioned, he even started a game last year as a true freshman um, when they were getting decimated by injuries. And, you know, Ryan Turner, it's not going to be a breakout year for him most likely, but he's a good depth piece, a guy that can play outside, play inside, uh, another second-year player. All right, here's a guy that really intrigues me on the defense, second-year guy, because I think he's got a ton of potential. Um, only started playing football about six years ago from Germany. We even had a, 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 a listener from Germany that just – chimed in he must have he must have uh must be pretty new to watching the show on youtube he's like that's what <laughs> jay book looks like we got a, a listener viewer from germany um probably a big fan of hero canoe second year d tackle hero canoe redshirt freshman i love this kid's got a great personality got a chance to do a one-on-one -on -one interview with him down at the peach bowl media day um can hero canoe perhaps have a breakout year as a second year player jay book well, welcome, Corey, from Germany. Uh, we're here every Friday, so Dave and I have been doing this show together for years, so glad to have you here. Um, Hero, need a breakout. Need a guy uh, in his size, what, 6'5", six, 6'6", 
6'4", 305, 308, as far as Hero Canoe, big boy. Um, I think he has the opportunity to get into that rotation. Will he be a breakout? Probably not, because I think Tyleek and Mike Hall had the potential to be first-round defensive tackles if those guys play at their potential. But I think Hero Canoe can give you some solid minutes because everybody knows those defensive tackles are not going to be able to play 75, 80 snaps a game. you got to have a solid rotation with that second and third wave of defensive tackles to give those guys a blow and not have a drop-off and play. That's where Hero can come in and really make a name for himself. At that point, if he can come in, give us some uh, high-quality minutes in that second and third wave of rotation of those bodies, that's when you start stacking uh, positive momentum. And then coming into next year, now he finds himself right in the mix for a battle with Taiwan Malone and Ty Hamilton and some of those younger guys that are coming in to potentially be the starter. Last guy I want to ask you about. I almost forgot to put him on the list. Second-year quarterback, Devin Brown, redshirt freshman quarterback. We're all sitting here assuming it's going to be Kyle McCord as a starter, myself included. I think he will be, obviously. But Devin Brown is no slouch, wearing that number 33 out there. Um, could Devin Brown perhaps win this job and have a breakout year? He could. Um, he absolutely could. It, who, anybody who's a starting quarterback at, at Ohio State, smart money will say that he's going to have a breakout year because of the, the design of the offense, the wide receiver talent that you have, the running backs that you have, and uh, the playbook that Ryan Day is going to be able to implement. They're going to put up big numbers regardless of who the starter is. We get There's so many fans, Dave, that get so caught up in who's the starting quarterback going to be. Uh, will there be a drop-off? We, If history has said anything, we're going to see guys, whoever whoever the starting quarterback is, they're going to put up monster numbers. They're going to throw for 30-plus touchdowns. They're going to throw for 3,000-plus yards. They're probably going to be right in the running for uh, Big Ten player of the year. That's just the way it is. When you have an army of five-star wide receivers at your disposal, all you need to do is just get the ball out. Like Even if you need to play the Matt Jones role at Ohio, at Ohio State where, hey, I might not be the the greatest quarterback when it comes to just picking people apart. All I need to do is get the ball to my playmakers. You're going to put up monster numbers regardless. If, if you throw a five-yard slant to Emeka Ibuka, chances are that five-yard slant might be a 20-yard slant or, or a 70-yard uh, house call. You throw to uh, an eight-yard slant to Marvin Harrison, he's probably going to be open 99% of the time. You just need to be able to, to deliver the football to those guys. We're going to get to a recruiting question in a moment to finish the show. But before then, just want to remind everybody, if you're watching on YouTube, you like the show, you want to help us out, subscribe. If you're not already subscribed, it's free. Um, you don't really have to do much. Just hit the subscribe button. It's free. It notifies you when the Bucknuts Morning 5 is going to be on Monday through Friday. So subscribe helps out a lot. Um, we're also in a little bit of a competition with other 24-7 sports sites. We're representing Ohio State. So we want to beat some of these other schools. So some of these other team sites. So subscribe to our YouTube channel um, if you like the show and you want to help us out. Appreciate that very much. All right, let's get to a recruiting question, Jonah, to finish the show. Is hold on, hold on. We we got we we still before we uh, get out of here, we still got to do Sonny and uh, and Hicks. Oh, I was gonna say except for them because they're both gonna have breakout years. No, yeah. go, ahead. go ahead, do it. Go for it. Well, okay, I would, let's start with Sonny, and then we get to the recruiting question. This is the one that actually worries me, Dave. And it's not because of Sonny 
himself because I think Sonny has the opportunity to be an absolute game changer. I'm worried that the coaching staff is going to mess this up. I mean, you talk to him, he's kind of like that positionless player. They, you talk, depending on which coach that you guys talk to over there, they're saying, oh, Sonny can be here. Sonny can be there. We're repping him here. We're repping him there. We don't know how we're going to utilize him yet. Uh, we're still trying to figure that out. That kind of scares me, Dave. Hey, we're going into fall camp. To me, I think they need to define who Sonny who is, what Sonny's position is going to be. If you want to have him being a down-in-the-box safety, great. Let him master it. Once he becomes really good at that, then you can start exploring to have him doing other things on the field, on the back end. I just get a little nervous when not one coach can clearly define how they're going to properly utilize Sonny and where they have a vision at. They're just kind of like, we're going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out. And I'm just like, ah, oh, man. Like, <laughs> like can, can we get the best player probably on the back end on the field first and foremost? And secondly, can you please clearly define how he's going to be able to do his job? Because as a young player coming in that hasn't played a lot of football at a high level, I think you're asking a lot for him to try to figure out multiple uh, avenues how he's going to be able to be utilized. Let him figure out one position first. Let him become extremely great at it. Once he masters it, move on to the next thing. Um, and then when it comes to C.J. Hicks, just find just find a place to where this kid can get on the field. Because if he can get on the field, he's going to do great things. That's just the way that I look at it. Like he has the opportunity to be an absolute beast on the field. If those if those other uh, programs, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, uh, when it comes to Harold Perkins, they can find a way to get their five-star kids on the field. There should be no reason why Hall State doesn't utilize C.J. Hicks in some capacity. If that means taking Tommy off the field 100 snaps so he's not completely wore out come November, so be it. Let's get to the yeah. recruiting question. Let's get to the recruiting question before we went and get out of here. Yeah, so Ryan wants to know, what is the latest regarding Stewart and Bolden? Well, if you're a Bucknut subscriber, you're going to like uh, reading the boarding house today. We have a very positive update on Dylan Stewart. I'll just say I'm very confident the Buckeyes are going to land Dylan Stewart. Um, sounds like the NIL collectives are doing good work. Obviously, Ohio State's coaches doing great work recruiting him. And I'll say this, the, the, the 2024 commits are doing a great job recruiting. I think the Buckeyes are going to get Dylan Stewart. I think Georgia will get K.J. Bolden. Jay, book the floor is yours. Right now, I would say both of them um, are Buckeyes as of today. But, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I just think that Ohio State NIL collective, from what I heard, they're going to step up. Obviously, this is fluid. Um, when it comes to these type of guys, you're looking at program changing players in Stewart and Bolden. Just I look at it like this, Dave. These are probably the two most important players on the board. Stewart, we you need an elite pass rusher. You you got to get a guy who's going to be able to bend the art and get after the quarterback. That's Stewart. If you're going to have a Jim Knowles safety driven defense, Bolden is an absolute game changer. If you can have an elite safety back there. That's going to be huge for this defense. So that's why I look at it as these are two guys that are muskets. The NIL will not play a role when it comes to Ohio State. Now, will NIL play a role in who these kids decide? Yes, but what I'm saying is Ohio State will step up to the plate 
and make sure that they're going to be able to match dollar for dollar once those kids get onto uh, campus. Now, with that being said, Stuart, he is, if he goes to South Carolina uh, for the barbecue at the end of the month, chances are that that's a, that, that may be the place that he ends up because he's supposed to be deciding in early August. South Carolina has been a threat. They were on him early. They presented him with opportunities as far as NIL way before Ohio State had that conversation. Uh, when it comes to KJ Bolden, I think KJ is uh, a kid that is probably I mean, if you listen to some of the pundits, Dave, Alabama's supposed to be making a run. Florida State's supposed to be making a run right now. And if you listen to certain pundits, but I, I truly believe that Ohio State did enough with KJ Bowden to win this out, uh, having an opportunity to come up here, be a starter. If you look at Georgia, Dave, what does Georgia have? Three, three safeties already. Uh, he can come up here and be the headliner at Ohio State. And I just think being able to play with his, his cousin or his uncle uh, and the NIL opportunities at Ohio State, I think they're both going to get them in the end. Could be wrong. Uh, it's still a long way to go. You look at Lightfoot, Ohio State thought they had him. The next day, he chose Miami. That's just kind of the way recruiting works in, in today's atmosphere. You think you're leading, think you got a guy today. Tomorrow, the wind can shift in a different direction. Who knows with these kids? But right now, hopefully they, they get them both because if they can get those two guys along with Houston, absolute home run when it comes to the defensive uh, recruits that they're able to land. Jay Book, if Ryan Day is able to land KJ Bolden, that would be like Ryan Day's version of getting Vaughn Bell. Like that was so huge, Urban going down there. I mean, they were recruiting well, but to go down and get the best safety in the country right out of SEC territory when everybody wanted him, and I knew mm -hmm. I knew Von Bell liked Ohio State, but I'm thinking I bet he stays in the South, you know. And a lot of insiders were thinking hey, he's probably going to stay in the South. And boom, they plucked him out of there. And that kid was a baller at at Ohio State. That'd be the exact. I look at Bold the exact same way if Ryan Day can pull that off. Absolute game changer. I mean, you 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 get him in here. He's a he's the type of guy that's going to battle day one to get on the field. Um, he he's just a ball hog, just an absolute stud. If you can go ahead and get your foothold into Buford, Georgia, who pumps out a lot of talent. So if you can get uh, Bolden and Houston, then it's going to be absolute game changing for the program. Great stuff as always from Jonah Booker. Always comes strong. Thank you very much to Jay Book. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.